Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or The Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, I'm joined with Lucas, and we're going to be making a tight end dynasty rankings video. If you guys want to see running backs, wide receiver, quarterbacks, all that, we already did it a couple of weeks ago, so you can check that out down below. Today, we're going to be talking about tight ends. Lucas, do you have anything to say before we get into it? We finally finished the dynasty set of rankings that we said that we were, we were set out to do, so this is exciting. It is very, very exciting. So the tight end rankings, they're a bit shock at the beginning, but they eventually will get a bit different between me and Lucas. So both of our first three guys are exactly the same. The first guy to talk about here is George Kittle. Now, George Kittle is on the San Francisco 49ers, which is the 29th least likely to throw the ball, 29th in pass plays per game. So not very good, but George Kittle was still able to produce last season. Tight end number two in 2019, just in 14 games. 15.9 PPR points per game, number one at tight end, 107 targets, four at tight end, 85 receptions, four at tight end, 1,000 plus receiving yards, third at tight end, 11 red zone receptions, second at tight end, and eight total or five total touchdowns, eighth at tight end. So George Kittle last year had a great year, even though the 49ers just run the ball pretty much every single play. They have like a assortment of running backs they just hand the ball off to someone gets hurt that magically Jeff Wilson's in the game scoring touchdowns the 49ers offense will probably be exactly the same if I'm being honest with you this year they'll probably just do the same shit run the ball and throw it to George Kittle that's all they have to do I guess they have Debo Samuel is pretty good now but at the end of the day I think George Kittle is very safe he's very young as well he's only 26 years old so I think he should have a bunch of years left in the league and Jimmy G will just throw the ball to him every single game. So it doesn't even matter. And if he didn't end up getting hurt, he probably would have finished as the the number one guy, probably over Kelsey because of how much work the guy was getting in those games. And even when it wasn't Kittle, when it was the backup, the backup produced too. So what do you think about Mr. Kittle and why do you got him as number one as well? Yeah. I mean, like it's crazy how athletic he actually turned out to be. Um, He's from Iowa and he was the second tight end drafted from Iowa that year. Or, sorry, sorry. He was the backup at Iowa first that year because Noah Fant came out a year later. So he didn't even really play tight end. So it was kind of crazy to see that. Uh, Jimmy G was like second or third in yards after contact per passing attempt. Mm-hmm. Basically meaning that the rest of the team does all the work for him. That's not going to change. <laughs> um, I think I only have him in one just due to the age. I think it's really the only reason. I still think I'd rather have Kelsey on my team, but Kittle's yeah. not far behind. Uh, they both are insanely good and probably the only two I'd say that are like a tier one that you should actually like focus on getting for sure okay so at number two we both have Travis Kelsey Travis Kelsey slightly older older than Kittle he is now 30 years old last year he obviously won the Super Bowl he finished as tight end number one but his points per game were exactly the same as George Kittle 15.9 PPR points per game 136 targets 8.5 per game first at tight end all of his stats are first at tight end uh, 97 receptions, first at tight end, 1,229 receiving yards, first at tight end, seven red zone receptions, which is number 11, and six total touchdowns, fourth at tight end. So pretty much what changed in Kansas City was they went and got rid of, well, they still have the same running back, but now they have CEH, so the offense could be even better. They have the same quarterback, the same coach, and will Sammy Watkins even actually play this year? Who really knows? But it's not going to matter. Whoever's around Travis Kelsey it doesn't fucking matter who it is because the guy just eats targets. Mahomes throws the ball to him. As long as Mahomes doesn't get hurt, Travis Kelsey will probably finish number one this year, but just based on the fact that Kittle is younger, that's why we both have him at number one. So what do you think about Mr. Travis Kelsey here, both of our number two guys? Yeah, I mean, you said it all. He's the, he is the wide receiver one, the target hog on this team. I think adding a layer will only help that. I think he'll just add another threat to the offense that – They really didn't have, I guess, Watkins, but I think Watkins is a product of not having any coverage on him (laughs) because Kelsey and Hill were 
getting that. So I think they're just going to have to stay – the defense have to stay more true to the three-headed monster that is Hill, Allaire, and Kelsey. So, yeah, I think that Hill will bounce right back to what he's done. He, he was still fantastic last year, but what he's done before with yeah. Mahomes on a 16-game pace. Yeah, for sure. And now at number three, we both have Mark Andrews. I know before Lucas just said Kittle and Kelsey are kind of in the tier of their own at the first tier. But to me, I think Mark Andrews is kind of in there as well, just based on some things that I read today. So he did all these like great numbers doing it on the team that was not that was dead last in pass plays per game, 29.3. And I personally think they're going to be passing more because the teams will eventually figure out how to stop him running. We saw the Titans stop him in the playoffs there, stop Lamar, I should say. And he also saw a 43.2% snap share on the Ravens, which is 67th amongst tight ends. And now Hayden Hurst is gone. Now I understand Nick Boyle's still there. They'll probably still fuck him in the ass and end up playing Nick Boyle more. But that's okay, because I still think he'll perform. Last year, tight end number five in just 15 games, 13.8 PPR points per game. Fifth at tight end, 98 receptions. Fifth at tight end, 64 receptions. Seventh at tight end, 850-plus receiving yards. Fifth at tight end, eight red zone receptions. And 10 total touchdowns, number one at tight end. And if I'm being honest with you, I wouldn't be surprised if he finished with 10 total touchdowns again. The guy's just a touchdown monster. Lamar always looks at him in the red zone, closer to the end zone. And if he doesn't, if Lamar doesn't run it in, you know who he's going to throw the ball to. It's Mark Andrews. People are all talking about, oh, these guys are all going to break out on the team. Hollywood Brown's going to break out, this, that, and the other thing. Mark Andrews is his favorite target by far, and it's not even close. I think Mark Andrews has a better year as they develop even more chemistry because there are multiple throws. Well, Lamar just overshot him for some reason. And I think uh, Lamar is just getting more accurate as the years go on. So I think Mark Andrews is going to be great again. I consider him to be uh, in that tier with Kelsey and Kittle, but I definitely understand because Kelsey and Kittle are just so good. And Mark Andrews has only done it for one year. So what do you think about Mr. Mark Andrews? Yeah, here he's like the only one that I'm kind of confused on what to do with. So his TD to route run ratio was 3.4%. Yeah, which was, I mean, it, insane. It, he the next highest <laughs> was Jared Cook, and that was because primarily because Jared Cook was hurt a couple of games, and he was like the wide receiver two behind Thomas. And then uh, the next was Darren Fells, and you know that whole story. He only came in <laughs> ran routes in the red zone. So yeah, we will see regression on that. Yes, he'll run more routes, but Hayden Hurst was like twenty eighth in routes run at the tight end position, so it wasn't like he was benefiting much. I saw a stat line where he was the highest um, yards per route run in the slot. So everyone's like, he's going to play the slot more. The only reason I have a pause is Miles Boykin's returning. Yeah. Uh, and they drafted Devin DuVernay and James Prochet, which all three of those guys played the slot in college. So I think that we'll see yet again a good tight end season, but I think he's being drafted a little too high, especially in Dynasty, because we in the long term we will see that regression. And yeah. Nick Boyle is still the starter. He will be just because he's a better tight end like overall. We saw that last year. He was the number one on the depth chart. He still is right now. Obviously, they haven't had camp or anything, but that's not going to mm-hmm. change. So he's not in my top tier because I don't think he's like the most consistent, like downfield stretcher, true yeah. alpha tight end. But I think that he definitely has the upside to be in there. Yeah, see, I can I can definitely see that argument. I just like having my tight end on a great team. And obviously, Kelsey, Kittle, and Andrews are all on three great teams. And I don't think I said it before, but Mark Andrews is the youngest on this list before we get to later for me. He is only 24 years old. So my number four guy, not your number four guy, is Zach Ertz, 29 years old. The guy's old as fuck, but it doesn't seem to matter for the man who's always probably going to finish inside of the top 10 at tight end. And that's why I would draft him here. But at the end of the day, I don't even really like the guy because I'm just worried about the Eagles. 14.2 PPR points per game, fourth at tight end, 134 targets, 8.9 per game, second at tight end, 88 receptions. 
third at tight end, 916 receiving yards, fourth at tight end, nine red zone receptions, fifth at tight end, and six total touchdowns, fourth at tight end. So Zach Ertz will probably put up a similar year in 2020. My only worry, though, is now they might actually have some wide receivers. Like, what happens if all the wide receivers are healthy? Like, what happens if Deshaun and Nelson, not Nelson Aguilar, uh, Jalen Rieger, all these guys end up staying healthy Alshon Jeffrey, what happens to Zach Ertz? Because Zach Ertz was balling in those games. And we also saw Godert actually get more snaps as the year went on. And I think Godert will eventually pass him up once they get rid of Ertz, which could be pretty soon. I just think Ertz is a very safe pick at four. I just don't really want to draft him like him. And the next guy on my list, I just wouldn't draft. I would just wait till later. Uh, pretty much after the first three tight ends, I just prefer to wait until later. So what do you think about Zach Ertz? You got him at five. Yeah, the interesting thing, and I was actually talking about this on another podcast, is you basically broke it down. So was the emergence of Dallas Goddard really him, or was it due to a lack of outside weapons? We don't know. Like That's the thing we yeah. don't know. So you have, you have to draft before the season starts, obviously. So you have to decide, like, is Zach Ertz still Zach Ertz that's going to see more than 100 targets? Or did he just get funneled that many targets and Dallas Goddard because they don't have a lot of weapons? I'm not really for sure. Uh, so I just have him at um, five because I, I have Evan Ingram, which will break down sooner rather than later at four. Um, that is the upsides there. But Ertz, uh, they restructured his contracts. I believe they can get rid of him next year in terms of like trade him or just get rid of him, let him walk. I think he'll retire soon anyways because he is kind of banged up. So we'll see. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I don't know. It's tough because, like, I mean, like I put that question in my head, like, is it due to the outside weapons or is it not? And you, don't, I don't know a way to decipher it. I don't really know if anyone has an answer to that. So, like, the, the big question or the big answer would just be we'll wait and see. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think Ertz will finish pretty high, but I just would not draft him. And the next guy I'm not drafting at all either is Mr. Darren Waller, tight end of the Oakland Raiders, which is now the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, last year, he finished as the tight end number three. So he had a really great year. But something to worry about is right when Hunter Renfro, that bald fuck, ended up coming back into the games, it seemed like Darren Waller just disappeared. 13.8 PPR points per game, fifth at tight end, 117 targets, third at tight end, 90 receptions, second at tight end, 1,146 receiving yards, second at tight end, seven red zone receptions, 11th at tight end, and third total touchdowns, 19th at tight end. So Darren Waller last season, he came, well, he came out of nowhere to most people, but a lot of people kind of saw uh, just late in the season when we were watching hard knocks, it just seemed like Darren Waller was going to ball out, but don't, don't get the hard knocks in your head because some people buy too heavily onto that. That's why Jarvis Landry was getting overdrafted a few years ago, but Darren Waller will be fine. I think he will be definitely, I mean, Jason Witten, what the fuck is Jason Witten going to do behind Darren Waller? He should have just went back to the booth. I don't even know why he's there. But my worry is that they brought in these other wide receivers in the drafts. They have Henry Ruggs. They bring in two other wide receivers. They have Bowden. All these guys, I believe, I'm terrible with remembering names, but Darren Waller is just going to be okay. I think if Derek Carr is the quarterback, he's going to be fine. My, my, a big worry of mine is actually that the Raiders just say, fuck it. Derek Carr doesn't win. Maybe they go one and four. Maybe they just start Mariota. And then you know what's going to happen? Darren Waller is going to do nothing. So that's a big worry to me. What do you think about Darren Waller? You have him at number six. Yeah, I was all over him. I actually had him at three uh, pre, pre-NFL draft in free agency. Then they went out and got Jason Witten when they already had Foster Moreau. I don't really know what that <laughs> more of a, more of a safety blanket depth piece. And then they drafted uh, two receivers and one gadget player. So I'm just kind of off him. I mean, I was only over him because of the market share that he was perceived to have coming forward. I think we, we never got the tight ends. I think he was my three when we were going to record those the first time. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, you can't. 
he's locked up long-term with really no out in his contract. If that's going for him, I think that's ultimately what keeps him up here. But I think, I mean, in the long term, there's not really much there because I don't, to be honest, I don't think Carr or Mariota are going to be the quarterback next year or in two years, anytime soon. So it's not a good spot for him after his uh, sort of breakout campaign. Yeah, I mean, just, just what we've been talking about before. Literally, the tight end position turns to shit after the first three guys. So these rankings are just very hard to do. At number six, I have a guy that's very high. Most people have him nowhere near here on Fantasy Pros. They had him as, like, tight end number 14, and that's Hayden Hurst, 26 years old, out of Atlanta. Now, I'm going to read his stats from last year, but they're pretty much useless. 40 targets, which is 36th at tight end. 30 receptions, 35th at tight end, and two total touchdowns. But what situation does he go into? He goes into Atlanta, where Austin Hooper put up these numbers in just 13 games. Austin Hooper had 97 receptions in 13 games, which was 6th at tight end. 75 receptions, 5th at tight end. 787 receiving yards, 6th at tight end. 6 total touchdowns, number 4 at tight end. And that offense was the number 1 in pass plays per game. And Matt Ryan wasn't even there for a game or two last year. So I think that Hayden Hurst flies into a perfect situation. He's pretty much Austin Hooper, but slightly younger, maybe more talented, less talented. But I don't think that really affects how much he's going to get the ball. 100 targets to me seems like it's a lock. I mean, I know Hooper got just 97, but that's in just 13 games. He didn't play a full 16-game slate. So I think that Hayden Hurst now in this position should be really good. Dirk Cutter legitimately just jerks off to the tight end roster. He just loves to throw, get the ball in those guys' hands. So I think that Hayden Hurst has a good year. I think this might be just like Mark Andrews last year, how a lot of analysts saw him coming. They saw that he would be good. So I think Hayden Hurst balls out, even though last year he obviously wasn't that great because he was kind of stuck in a crowded uh, tight end room. So what do you think about Mr. Hayden Hurst, who I have as my number six guy, and he's your number eight guy? Man, I thought I was tight on him. I might have to raise him now. I don't want to be too bullish coming on here, having him over Hunter Henry, oh, probably will, even baby. Darren Waller. I, I might have to move that around. So just going to list off the on, the – on the website I wrote about Calvin – the same goes for him. So overall in the Falcons offense, 257 vacated targets. Take into account that Ridley sat out a couple games because he was injured. Yeah. I think Julio sat out once. So like, okay, we could just say 210. We'll just say that. That's the number. So 210 vacated targets, 111 at the tight end spot. Luke Stalker and Jaden Graham are not competing with Hayden yeah, Hurst, no. who was a first round well, he was a first round pick three years ago, two years ago. He's better yeah. than Austin Hooper in terms of athletic profile. He can block better. That's what he was used for on the Ravens. So I think we're going to see um, just like even if he gets 65 targets, like come on. He's, gonna he's not do, going to. He's going to get 100. <laughs> I know. Like that's like he – I'll probably project him right around 80 because maybe they're just going to use Russell Gage a little more, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Jaden Graham, Luke Stalker. But still, that's like, Todd 80 Gurley. targets. 80 targets in that offense. And Austin Hooper was the number one red zone target for a team that has Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. So take that with you, Will. I might have to move him up now because I thought I was high on him at eight. I think I have him at like five or six in redraft right now. Yeah, in redraft, he'd be four for me. I literally draft the guy in every single dynasty league. The guy, he's a steal. He goes in like the 10th round. I don't know why anyone isn't higher up on him. I think it might be because where you draft on these websites, they have no fucking idea how to update this shit because he's like number 10, he's like number 20 on the tight end list. So you just don't see him and you might assume that he's already been taken. So uh, I really do like Hayden Hurst this year. I think he balls out and he was traded for a high pick. I believe the Falcons traded a second and a fifth for him and he was drafted was it him or Andrews that was drafted before Lamar Jackson he, for the Ravens uh it was it was Hurst it, was, it went Hurst Lamar and then they went um Orlando Brown and then Mark Andrews in the third round 
That's fucking crazy. So at number seven, my number seven guy, we're halfway through the video. Click that goddamn subscribe button. Is Noah Fant. Now, Noah Fant, legitimately, I thought he was going to have the potential to be a top five breakout, but he has fallen completely. He's 22 years old. Hayden Hurst was 26, if I forgot to say that. And last year, he was just about okay. He had 6.8 PPR points per game, 23rd at tight end, 67 targets, 4.2 per game, 15th at tight end, 40 receptions, 18th at tight end, 562 receiving yards, 13th at tight end, one red zone reception, not very good, 58 at tight end, and three total touchdowns, 19th at tight end. So, What's going to happen with Noah Fant? I honestly have no idea. He's young. He could develop. But they ended up bringing in Drew Locke's college tight end to come play with the team. So that is kind of worrisome to me. Drew Locke didn't look to dump the ball off to Noah Fant as much as I thought he would because these younger type of quarterbacks, typically, they just find the tight end. They just fucking heave it to him. That's why I kind of feel like uh, I like Hunter Henry a decent amount because I think that uh, when the new quarterback, Justin Herbert, ends up playing, I think that could lead to that but Noah Fant will probably just be fine he's like an okay pick but I just don't think he has top four upside top five upside at all he's at number seven because of his age I think he could develop more into the future but right now if we're talking redraft he's not even in my top 12 I don't think so what do you think about Noah Fant he's your number 12 tight end on your Denver Broncos of course yeah so normally with the whole like adding targets or adding weapons to a team I think it gets overlooked that it hurts the player, right? I think it, in a way it does, but in a way it helps. Yeah. But it doesn't, it doesn't help a tight end that's going to get no more than three targets a game anyways, and that relies on big playability. Like, yes, yeah. he could get two catches for 60 yards and a touchdown every other week, sure. And he'll be, he'll be good in best ball. He'll be good in redraft here and there based on matchups. But in the long haul, all these guys that are on his team, are all on, they're all young guys that are on him. They're going to be under contract the same yeah. length he is. So I think I'm just – I just can't see – where, I mean, okay, so he's in, in terms of, like, priority touches, he's going to be behind Judy, Sutton, Melvin Gordon, Lindsey. You could even argue K.J. Hamler. You could Horse argue Freeman. Deshaun. Yeah, so I, I, it's it's not a thing. It's not really a, just a, what I want to be a part of. Um, I rank him here because he's very athletic. His upside is good. He's actually, actually at my 12, not at my 7. I think he's where you have him. Um, yeah, I'm a 7. You got him at 12, yeah. But there's guys even lower than him that I would much rather have. Like Irv Smith is right about where I'd cut it off, but I would probably take Irv Smith in a vacuum just due to the Kyle Rudolph probably not going to be there next year. So, yeah, yeah it's it's tough. I don't – it it sucks because I wasn't that high on him to begin with. Cause I, I didn't think – I knew they were going to draft a receiver like everyone knew uh-huh. that. And I just think that he's not much of a tight end you want to start every week anyways, and this just kind of kills him. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I just have him at seven because hey, he'll be fine for the next couple of years. And, I mean, you could draft much worse players than Noah Fant. So, at number eight, I'm a Miami Dolphins fan. I have my main man, Mike Licky on my Gasicki, 24 years old. This guy last year was a goddamn beast. But something to note is it kind of took until Preston Williams got hurt for Mike Gasicki to start doing something. So, what happens if Preston Williams is healthy? And then what happens if two is healthy? That's why I got him at eight. Well, not if two is healthy, but if two ends up being the starting quarterback. So last year, Mike Kosicki played pretty good. 9.1 PPR points per game, 13th at tight end, 89 targets, 5.9 per game, 7th at tight end, 51 receptions, 12th at tight end, 570 receiving yards, 12th at tight end, 5 red zone receptions, 24th at tight end, 5 total touchdowns, 8th at tight end. And like I said, he really started turning it up once Preston Williams got hurt. Preston Williams, I believe, played 8 games last year. Down the stretch, Ryan Fitzmagic was literally hammering this guy the ball near the red zone that all of his red zone receptions I'm pretty sure were in the last eight weeks of the season because the guy was just getting peppered with targets I think Mike Kosicki is a great player but I think if Tua ends up starting I would be worried about Kosicki 
for this year. But for the future, he's very young. He was a rookie last season out of Penn State. I think he's going to be great. So I'm going to believe in Mike Gesicki and believe that the Dolphins are really turning it around. I think the Dolphins could be a better team, even though I've thought that the last 15 years of my life. So, Yeah, it's the whole Preston Williams narrative is the same thing for Devontae Parker, and everyone seems to love Devontae Parker. Oh, I don't like Devontae Parker. Everyone loved – like, everyone's like, Devontae Parker, like, dominated, dominated. Yeah, he didn't – the weeks Preston Williams played. And I think that's primarily because they both kind of play the same role. I think yeah. – the reason I'm really high on him without those narratives is they're going to throw the ball more because Chan Gailey's the coach. They just drafted a quarterback. The running back room, you could argue, got better. But in, like, the overall finishing stat line, no, it didn't. They'll still finish with <laughs> roughly the same amount of rushing attempts, et cetera. So, I think – Gusecki, if he slides into that tight end slot hybrid role that I think Mark Andrews plays, which he was like the he's like the most athletic tight end we've seen out of the yeah. combine, I think he's gonna be fine. Um, but I could see a, I could see a situation play out where he isn't, and he just is the third target on the Dolphins. Yeah, potentially the fourth next year or fifth if they had a running back too. So, but I think in redraft would be pretty high for me. I think he's like my eight. Um, which isn't – he's my nine right now. So, I think that's right around where I think he should be going. Yeah. Uh, but that's kind of banking on a lot of upside. And does he take over that slot role? Yeah, I mean, Mike Kosicki last year finished as a top 12 tight end. But when you really think about it, being a top 12 tight end is not very fucking complicated. And you all know who number 11 was. It was old man Jason Witten, who's now a backup. So, that just makes you think. I mean, Mike Kosicki, he'll be fine. He should be great. I really believe in the talent in the guy. But at the end of the day, if they bring in more people – I mean, Matt Breida – might catch a bunch of dump offs or Jordan Howard, the guy is fucking stone hands, but he could end up catching the ball a bunch of times. So sure. my number, my number nine guy is Lucas's number, I believe four guy. So very different opinions here on a hometown team. I fucking hate them though. The New York football giants last year did not finish very well because he only played in eight games and the season before he played in 11 games. I think that's important to note because I think the guy can't stay healthy. 13.7 PPR points per game, which is seventh at tight end. So very good in that case. So he's really good when he's on the field. 68 targets, 14th at tight end, which is 8.5 per game. 44 receptions, 5.5 per game. 467 receiving yards, 58.4 per game. Five red zone receptions, 24th at tight end, and three total touchdowns, 19th at tight end. So my overall thinking about Evan Ingram, why he's so low, is because I just think the guy is not going to stay healthy. If he was healthy... He might actually be like the second best tight end in fantasy football. That's how good the guy is. Daniel Jones will throw him the ball, and the pieces around him are also injury prone. Besides Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard might die three games in. Golden Tate might do something stupid and get suspended again. So Evan Ingram, I think, will be a fine tight end. I'm just really not trying to draft him. So why do you like him much more? You have him at tight end number four. Yeah, it's totally banking on that he's a year from moved, removed from the most serious injury, which was two years ago. Because yeah. last year, obviously, he he came back a little bit. He didn't play a whole lot because the team was sucking bad anyways. They didn't really need to. So, I mean, if he plays – even if he plays 13 games and he has to sit out a game or whatever, like he's still, I think, a top five tight end, um, completely banking on the whole one-year removed thing so we can see. And it's dynasty, so I think – it's a little different because you could take him and then go take Mike Isecki five yeah. rounds later and still build your team fine so you'd be able to mess around with it. But, yeah, and then he's still, what, you said 20, 25. He's 25, he's still young. yeah. Yeah, so that's the only reason. The one thing I also don't like about Evan Ingram, though, is I feel like he just goes too early in the draft. I just feel like, like, in these startups, mm-hmm. like, in tight end premium, he flies off the board in, like, the fourth round. And I'm just so confused why you draft him in the fourth round 
when he's not going to play a full 16-game slate. That's just my thinking behind it. I think the guy's very talented, though. And I think if he played just 15 games, like you said, or even just 14 games, he'd probably finish inside the top eight pretty easily. So my number nine guy is your number blah, 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 number seven. So kind of close here. Or my number 10 guy, Hunter Henry, 25 years old, just like Evan Ingram. Now, Hunter Henry, just like Mr. Evan Ingram, they just love getting hurt. 12 total games played for Hunter Henry, 12.3 PPR points per game, 76 targets, 55 receptions, 662 receiving yards, five touchdowns, eight red zone receptions. And they were all above, all these stats are like in the top 12 at the tight end position. So he's pretty good. But what happens now when Phillip Rivers isn't there? Phillip Rivers will throw to the tight end to save his life, just like he likes dumping the ball off to save his life. My argument before is that Herbert is a rookie quarterback. A lot of the times, the rookie quarterbacks just throw it to the guy who they know will catch the ball. If Hunter Henry's healthy, he's the huge white guy that's like 8,000 feet tall and will just catch the ball for you. You just throw the ball to him, he'll catch it. But I am just worried about Phillip Rivers just loving the tight end. I mean, Virgil Green was good when he was on the fucking Chargers. That's how crazy Mr. Rivers is. So I think Hunter Henry will be good. I got him at number 10. You got him at number... Uh, shit, I forgot again. I'm such a dumbass. Number seven. seven. All right. Yeah, there we go. So why do yeah. you like Hunter Henry more than me? So he's in a, he's in a prove it year this year. They, uh, just they exercised the tag. They didn't give him an offer. The franchise tag. They didn't give him an offer. They didn't do anything yet. Um, I just think that he, his market share is above average. His <laughs> a dots right around Travis Kelsey's it's elite there. His market share. Like, that's, I mean, in perspective to the team's like plays ran, pass plays ran per game is pretty close to Travis Kelsey. So I think really just banking on him proving it that one year um, and deserving to be paid. I think the whole Tyrod Taylor doesn't throw to the tight ends a little undersold because yeah. their tight end was Charles Clay and Hunter Henry's <laughs> way more athletic than Charles Clay. And Charles Clay got paid for a reason years after Tyrod Taylor yeah. was there because he produced. And I think that Herbert – um, we saw him with Jacob Breland, one of his favorite targets at Oregon. I think he would, I think he would know to get the ball into the playmaker's hands. So it's just kind of banking on him showing out for that uh, prove it year. Yeah, and he finished as a top ten tight end last year. Finished as tight end number nine in just twelve games. So that's pretty impressive. But I just hope Justin Herbert throws the ball to him because I actually do like him. The injury concerns are kind of scary there, though, for me. Now at number twelve, or not, not at number twelve, I should say, at number. 11, I have Dallas Godert, who is your number 10 guy. So we're pretty close on this as well. Now, why do you like Dallas Godert before I read his stats? Is it because of Ertz being gone, or is it because you just think he's talented to play even when Ertz is there? Yeah, it's strictly just because they're going to get rid of Ertz next year. They have an out in the contract. They restructured it for that, so it would mean they're going to get rid of him. They don't just restructure it just, just in case. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think he's he's athletic, just as athletic as Zach Ertz. He was, we saw that in college. We saw yeah. that when they drafted him high when they already had Zach Ertz. Mm-hmm. So just kind of banking on he takes the starting role next year. Um, but I think in terms of like drafting for this year, like he's probably like 15th, 16th down on my board in terms of redraft just because, yes, he finished high last year. But like yeah, I said, 10. was that was that because there was a lack of other weapons? Was that because his market share was inflated? And I, we don't really know. Yeah, last year he finished as tight end 10, like I just said. He was played in 15 games, 9.6 PPR points per game. And what's funny is you don't even have to score 10 points per game to finish as a top 10 tight end. 87 total targets, which is very high. 
considering most probably would not think he was anywhere near there. 58 receptions, 3.9 per game, 607 receiving yards, 40.5 per game, eight red zone receptions, six per game, and the, or sixth uh, in the NFL, and then five total touchdowns, eighth in the NFL. So my another worry of me for Dallas Godert is I hate Carson Wentz. So what happens if Carson Wentz ends up getting hurt? Will Jalen Hurts throw him the ball? I don't know. But I think if, as long as Ertz is fucking gone – like next year, Dallas Goder is going to be huge. I mean, Carson Wentz loves to throw the ball to the tight end. Ertz and him, pretty similar. And I just think that Goder is so talented that I'd be, I like to target him a lot in these dynasty leagues. So I think that it's good to have him inside the top 12, but he goes much further back in the drafts. He's normally like tight end 13, 14 off the board. So you got anything else to add on uh, Goder here? Nope. Okay, so at number 12, we have Mr. Tyler Higby. He's your number 11 guy. And we actually don't have anyone different in this our tight end rankings, our top 12 are the same guys, just in a bunch of different order. So Tyler Higby is 27 years old. He did, didn't really do shit until last season. And he really turned it on later in the season when they started using more of these two tight end sets because Brandon Cooks as always gets hurt. But now Brandon Cooks is not there. 11.5 PPR points per game, 10th at tight end, 89 targets, 7th at tight end, 69 receptions. Nice. 6th at tight end, 734 receiving yards. Seventh at tight end, 14 red zone receptions, which is number one at tight end, and three total touchdowns, 19th at tight end. So why do I like Tyler Higby? Because the Rams are going to bounce back. There's no way the Rams are that bad again. And I also think that Jared Goff will look better. I mean, they paid him so much money. They probably, re- I think they restructured it because they realized how fucking stupid they were. And they got rid of Gurley, who could have been a guy that could get a bunch of dump offs if they actually played him correctly. So I think Tyler Higby will be great uh, this year. I just don't think he has top five upside how he was kind of playing at the end of last year like he was literally like a top five tight end for the last couple of weeks of the season I just don't think we see that for the whole season long basis especially if Cup and Woods are both there and healthy so what do you think about Tyler Higby your number 11 guy yeah I think it's more so like giving a caution to what might happen with this offense because if they stay in the true two tight end set he will finish as a top five fantasy tight end because they will give him the exact production they did last year but I think the thing that kind of sets me back is they went and drafted Bryson Hopkins. That's ultimately just Gerald Everett's replacement because Everett's a free agent next year. Yeah. Um, and Hopkins is a better – he's a better just overall tight end anyways. But then they went and drafted Von Jefferson or Van – I don't know. Van Jefferson. Which is confusing because – so you have Robert Woods. He plays the flanker, so he plays your ex. Yeah. Then you have Cooper Cup, who primarily plays in the slot, or at least that's where he plays the best. Then you have Josh Reynolds, who plays your Z, I think is the other one, just kind of moves around the offense. But then they went and drafted Jefferson, who plays the slot. So it's kind of like, why would they take him in the second round if he's going to be a backup wide receiver? So it makes you think they're going to switch back to 11 personnel, 10 personnel, where they're not just playing two receivers. They're going to start utilizing the slot. Cooper Cup might move out wide. Josh Reynolds will get more playing time. So it's kind of interesting because they could easily trade Gerald Everett and they only have one tight end and then a rookie. So they're not going to play a rookie more snaps than they play Josh Reynolds and Jefferson. So it's interesting. I think we'll just see a little bit. I think he might be like the redraft bust that I think we see every year. There's at least one tight end. Like Vance McDonald was last year. Oh, I don't gosh. remember who it was before that. Like Ebron was drafted super high. Like stuff OJ like Howard. that. Yeah. So I think we'll just – we have to see a step back because the moves they went and made don't make it seem like they're going to run two receivers when they have four receivers that are all starting NFL receivers. So I think I just have a little, a little bit of a step back. Um on yeah. Higby, but I think he has the talent to be like to overcome what he did in the 11 or 10 personnel last year, uh, et cetera. 
Yeah, I mean, he got 14 red zone receptions, like I said, which was number one, but he only came down with three total touchdowns, so maybe the touchdown number goes up. And I just think the Rams are going to be a way better team. Last year, it seemed like the defense kind of just wasn't playing as good. The offense wasn't playing as good. They had the Super Bowl hangover, which you casually get after you get spanked by the Patriots. Shout out to the Atlanta Falcons. But Tyler Higby, he should be fine. I just don't see, like, there's people on Twitter who will tell you Tyler Higby is a top five tight end and they're just straight up wrong there's literally no way that that happens I just think he's pretty safe as the tight end 12 like where you can get him I just think he's he's pretty safe so yeah, I don't know got anything to add here on anything else before we get out of here um no no okay so uh make sure you guys check out Lucas down below the fantasy stock exchange YouTube the everything down there is linked to the their website all that jazz the draft kit everything's down there check out his twitter as well that's on the screen last time i accidentally used the wrong twitter he is not actually nick bdg so shout out to lucas for that thank you guys all for watching i'll make sure to edit this correctly have a great rest of your day and i'll see you guys tomorrow with yet another video and some more dynasty videos with lucas in the future good boy